Hey there, welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. The pressure, I see Stacy's comment. Stacy's excited. And I hope we don't disappoint. Tonight's topic is about engagement because this week's YouTube video, there were some great exercises to help with engagement. It also goes along with the topic of pirouettes, and I'm very excited to be doing a webinar on Sunday about pirouettes. So the link is there in the chat. Please come show up live. Please invite your friends. It really helps me out. And there's also a super secret segment only for people who show up live. Super secret segment. Yes, it's a tongue twister. But I put together a really cool like little video with a bunch of different pirouette exercises. So I'm going to show that at the end of the webinar for those of you who show up live because it's awesome when you show up live and it should be a really good webinar. Maybe Herman will come show up live. If you want the super secret segment. Yeah, I don't know about the super secret segment. (laughs) Yes. You have not shared the super secret segment. Yes, there will be no replay. The rest of the webinar, there'll be a replay, but not the super secret segment. So please come live. Way too many S's. 12 noon Pacific time, all about pirouettes. And on the topic of engagement, we were having, I was interviewing Herman before. I was prepping him for the questions that are coming. Okay, so, but it's more S's. Sunday super secret Sunday. It's, yes, Sunday super secret segment. Okay, so what is engagement? I think about it like when you cock a gun back, but then you'd have to know about guns. So anyway, <laughs> moving past that, because then you've got it ready to go, right? So the horse is rotated its pelvis, it's sitting but down, it's carrying a bit more weight, yeah. and you feel that energy. Yeah. And they're more maneuverable there. Yeah, it definitely, it has to do with the horse can flex at the SI, like the SI is the joint that's at the top of the croup. So they can flex at the SI, they can flex their hip joint, they can flex their pelvis, and... Then they articulate the leg joints more. Yeah, and then their hind legs act like, kind of like a spring that More springy than normal. Yeah, that springs you forward. That said, I think engagement is hard because, you know, how do you talk to the hind legs when they're like so far behind you? And how do you get your horse to engage, especially because it's more work for the horse? I mean, it burns more calories. So the horse is like, why would I do it this way when if I did it this other way, it's not so demanding? Yeah, it's like doing jump squats at the gym, you know, when you squat and you have to spring up and it definitely requires strength. It requires training to get engagement supplements elasticity yeah so if any of you have questions about engagement put them in the chat or let us know kind of what exercises you find that you like to use to get your horse more engaged we don't have too many questions but i was thinking a lot about engagement as i was riding today and a couple of things come to mind. So number one is rider position. Why is rider position important? How does it affect your horse's engagement? Any input? Well, because if you're out of position, you can't do it. It's yes. that simple. 
it's the truth hurts sometimes but if you're out of position <laughs> if you're out of position you can't you can't apply the correct aid the horse is going to be confused or it's even if it tries it can't really be right because you're not in the right way yes and a big part of engagement is sitting back because if you're leaning forward, you're not helping your horse. You're putting more weight on, on the, the front end. And they've already got, a, you know, the neck weighs more than the tail does. So they're already not centered under us by nature. And the other thing about engagement is think about using your seat and your core. So just like engagement, we want our horse to use their hind legs and their core. We have to kind of mirror that in our body and use more seat and more core because if you're just pulling on the reins, then your horse is just going to be muscling and using their neck muscles. And they're going to lean on your hands and they're not going to shift the weight back to the hind leg. Yeah. Right. The holding, it takes two to tango, right? So if you're holding and they're leaning, their hind legs aren't working. Right. And that is the tricky part is that when the neck is locked up, they really can't engage their hind end. They can't use their hind end correctly. So... What are some exercises we can do for engagement? I see some people in the chat are saying pull work or cavalettis. Yes, yes, that helps a lot. Yeah, for That's sure. Because it it creates a physical object that helps your horse to lift and engage their hind end, which is always great because then it doesn't have to all come from you. Uh, another suggestion is lateral movement. Yeah. And yeah, how does lateral movement create engagement? Because it brings that inside hind leg underneath the center of gravity. And for the horse to do that, it rotates its pelvis and that's where it starts. And then you got to be able to make the half halt and have the horse sit on that. But at least it puts the foot in the right place. Yes, exactly. Uh, rain back. That's another good one. Rain Thank back you, is Nicole. good. I use that one a ton. Yes, absolutely. Transitions. Janice says transitions. Absolutely. So I like rain back one step canter depart. Yeah, you had me do that on Luigi. That's a really good one. One step and one step only. Because the rain back gets the hind and under, and then if you and then you want to go that into the canner, that's definitely a good one. Uh, Stacy says spiraling in and out. Absolutely, yes. good exercise. Transitions, Stacey. transitions, <laughs> and more transitions. Absolutely, transitions, and then in and out of the gate, within the gate. Yeah, but um. It's really important when you do transitions that you do them well. So what is a good transition? A good transition is one that is your horse is responsive to a light and soft aid. It's also important in your transitions that you maintain the contact. So I always say a good transition, your horse shouldn't get heavier in your hand because if they get heavier in your hand, that's a sign that you've lost the engagement. Because you can do transitions and keep your horse engaged, but you can also easily do transitions where your horse isn't. is written so forward, downward, that your downward transitions are actually up to whatever. The, so if you're in the canter, you're going up to the trot. You're in the trot, you're going up to the walk so that it's forward, downward. And it's not that you stop the gate you're in and then restart in the other gate. Yeah. And then for upward transitions the biggest tendency in horses is that they want to come above the bit and kind of brace in their neck and then they're on the forehand and use their neck instead of their hind leg so 
you have to really focus that your horse stays round, round, in the soft, upper supple, and that you don't you don't afford them your hands to lean on in the transition. That's why the suppling is so important. Yeah. So you supple their neck so they go, okay, I'm not going to use my neck for this transition, but they're telling me to trot and I can't, yo, I got hind feet. And then that's how you teach that. The other thing that really helps with transitions is combining a little bit of lateral during your transition. So riding yes. a little shoulder in or a little baby leg yield, that will really help you to get that true engagement because just doing transitions isn't necessarily going to improve the engagement. You have to do the transitions. You have to have good well. transitions. Yes. I mean, that's the hard part. That is the hard part. Definitely the hard part. And so the, the easiest way, if it's not, if it doesn't feel balanced, if it gets herky jerky, if it's a lot more weight in your hands, it didn't go well. And so then you think, okay, I'm going to go do a leg yield into that transition and I'm going to get a better access into the rib cage because you have to start somewhere, right? You apply the aid, the horse does something and that something is information. It isn't that the horse did it wrong. It didn't do it right. It just did it. And then with that information, oh, my horse got braced. I'm going to supple more. Oh, my horse was too slow. I'm going to use a little more leg. Based on what the horse does, you assess it and then adjust your aids. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, you know, the first step, like when you're with a, a you're training a young horse, the first step is just, did they trot? Okay, they trotted. Good boy, you know. And then you can be a little bit more picky. But engagement is definitely, I feel like, I don't know if you agree, but it's kind of the second step. Like you don't, on a green horse, you don't start out thinking. Right, you don't. Because <laughs> when we talk, like, okay, so stop, engagement, engagement happens when? With collection. Right. So and like then when level. do we first, right. Yeah. Right, that's, you know, if you follow the, the, the tests, right, you have some idea of what is appropriate. So if your horse is not, you know, you know, working trot on the bit balance, then engagement is not today. Yes. And another really good exercise for engagement is, of course, pirouettes. So if you come on here live, don't forget I'm doing a pirouette webinar on this Sunday, 12 noon Pacific time. Please invite your friends. Share my videos with your friends. It really helps me out. But uh, why are pirouettes a good exercise for engagement? Because you're not going to make a pirouette without it. <laughs> yes. So as you exactly. as you start to shape the horse and and describe the line, then the horse starts to collect and engage itself to get done what you're telling it to do. Yeah, pirouettes are definitely a big test of engagement. And it was funny. I was helping Herman this afternoon with one of his horses, which was fun, and we were working on the walk pirouettes. And she kind of likes to step a little out with her outside hind leg, the second half of the walk pirouette, because it's hard to keep her hind legs under her. And so she's in avoiding the engagement by stepping out. And so pirouettes really are a test of controlling your horse's hind legs. And they're a test of engagement and collection. Walk pirouettes are one of the first places that you introduce uh, engagement. I guess technically it's turn on the haunches, but they right, start, then it becomes pirouette. They start at second level with turn on the haunches because it does start to test, you know, can you control the left hind and the right hind and be able to turn your horse 
around and really have that control and have that engagement. Um, so I think walk pirouettes are a really good way to start engaging the horse's hind end because they also require suppleness and bend. And I feel like a lot of times with young horses, the turn on the haunches, it helps them think about their hind legs. It develops like a little more proprioception and control of the hind leg. And then it's also a really important prerequisite for the canter pirouette. Right. Because it familiarizes the horse with how it's going to move its body and how you're going to move your body. And when your body does this thing, it's supposed to do this thing. And so it lets the horse get familiar with it at an easier, because doing it at the canter, not so easy. And at the walk, not that easy either, but at least the horse can sort of figure out how to go. Yeah, yeah. And um, the other thing about walk pirouettes is that they are a non-brilliance movement. Have you heard that term before? Right. Yeah. What does that mean? That because you it doesn't have to have a great gait. It's just a walk. Yes. Any horse can, can get a walk. 10 on their walk pirouettes. Right. Yeah. But they're hard to ride well. They're definitely hard to ride well. And on Sunday, I'm going to be going really into the details of pirouettes because pirouettes are a very technical movement and it's important that you understand how to break them down and introduce them to your horse. So we're going to be going over walk pirouettes and canter pirouettes. And then it's important that you understand kind of the training horizon, like timeline. It does take time for your horse to develop the strength. For sure. To do a pirouette. and Because they have to really, it's it, the pirouette is to the canter what the pee-off is to the trot, right? That is well said. And so that takes a tremendous amount of strength to canter on the spot. Yes. Yeah. But I think it's also important to start asking for it. Because if you never ask for engagement... Then it's never going to happen. Your horse is never going to get <laughs> never stronger behind. Um, so it is always important to go there a little bit, do some exercises... And then give your horse enough time and consistent training to get there. It was it was so funny today. I was um, I was riding one of my clients' horses, and like you know how horses in training they kind of plateau, or sometimes they even get worse. Right. And then all of a sudden they get they, like better. Yeah. Um, just when you're about to give up on them, and so recently her horse has gotten a lot better, and she says to me what do you think's the one exercise that like made the difference? And I said, Oh, I heard you talking about that. <laughs> you like, did you roll your eyes? Did you? I said, I think it's like 10,000 hours. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's the culmination of all that. That's why we do training. Otherwise at the end of an hour, all the horses would be Grand Prix. I put all the aids there. Why in the horse now that you got to teach them. Yes. So it, it, I think that that is definitely a big part of training is the consistency and you know, just the progressive, like step by step and knowing when to try a little extra harder exercise, but then also when to like back down and make it a little bit easier for your horse. And it's always important, I think, to just enjoy the process as much as you have goals and a destination that you enjoy the day to day and that you understand sometimes in the plateaus where you feel like you're not really getting a lot better that that you are making progress and you are going to see that that jump up it just sometimes it's that your horse needs to get stronger to be able to do that jump up or sometimes it's that your horse doesn't understand what you want and so it 
it's just a process. It's right. And then you got to, and that's the fun part. Yeah. So one other thing I wanted to talk about with engagement, which we kind of worked on a little bit with your mayor is tempo and how tempo relates to engaging the hind end. So what do you think about how tempo relates? If the tempo is hurried, there, you can't engage. Yeah. But if the tempo is too slow, you also can't. Right. Then the horse is behind the leg and it won't. So you have to do the right amount. <laughs> yeah. And I also think that you have to be able to change the tempo to get engagement. Yes, for sure. Because that's what we were working on with his and, mare. And I had said that to somebody the other day, I think on uh, one of my office hours, right? So there's four recognized trots. Right, but we ride more than four trots. Yeah, because you have to be able to. You have to make that. You got to make them adjustable. So they recognize four trots for the show, but we certainly ride more than that. Yeah, and so sometimes, in general, when you're working on engagement, in general, if you have a hot horse that likes to rush. Usually you need to slow down the tempo slightly to get them to take more weight behind. If you have a horse that tends to be slow and like really suspended in the movement, in general, you have to make the tempo a little bit quicker. But then you also have to be able to vary the tempo. So like if if we're cantering along, you need to be able to make the canter strides quicker or make them slower to get the hind leg engaged and then then try and to, send it on yeah once you've shaped it now go okay in this carrying way cover more ground yeah and hopefully the horse doesn't rotate onto the forehand and run downhill which is what i was getting today but and then you have to be able to feel it so like what does engagement feel like that's that basketball bouncy feel or as you described it earlier, it's kind of that feeling, the oh shit feeling, like right before you're right. You get you definitely you, you definitely feel off. the power of the horse, right? Because you feel that they get engaged and you feel that power when they step and they go in and you just go, oh boy, this is going somewhere. Yeah, let us know in the chat what you think engagement feels like. Here's what Lisa said, uh, or no, this is Linda. Linda says I worked on engagement today. Got a powerhouse that's after it. doing all the stuff you suggested today. Yeah, that's it. You feel the power. Yeah. You feel the power. And um, you you better enjoy the ride because once you've created that, the horse digs it too because they get it. They, how yeah. do we know? Why do we think horses are happy? Because they're exuberant. You look at a horse out in the field and it's kicking up at heels and it's running around. It's quite exuberant. And we go, oh, that's a happy horse. Yeah. Ride that. And engagement, I feel like it's also kind of like stored energy. You know, it's like if you have an electric car, it's like the battery's fully charged. Yeah. Um, when the hind end is engaged. So then your horse can really like launch forward in in a good way. I mean, when you have a horse. Yeah, because I think explode, whoever that is, hey, that's that starts that starts scaring people. Let's not let's not scare anybody with the word explode. But, but they're go, ready to go. But you go through that a little bit. You know, you, um, I think when you first get your horse engaged in the backup, sometimes you do get a little 
um, a little explosive at times. And, and that's where you have to buck up and a little bit ride through it and, um, you know, go back to like circles or shoulder in to kind of temper that energy. But you also and time and miles, because I remember when I first got that done with Q and I was in a clinic and I mean, I got him really engaged and connected back to front and he just came alive. And he was a big horse, man. I was like, woohoo. Yeah. Then you got to surf that. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a good question from Hope. What does engagement feel like for a green horse who's learning to do this? So I would say on a green horse or a young horse, you have moments of engagement. You know, it's just they can't hold them for us. Right. Long. It's the strength that they don't have. Yeah. So like um, I have a five-year-old in training right now and there's moments where like I feel him come back to the hind leg a little or I get a good transition or I get like two or three good steps and then he falls on the forehand and rushes and like goes yeah, all it's just inconsistent. I think it's mostly inconsistent yeah. with the younger horses. You get it and, you know, they don't really know how to sustain it and so then they come apart. Yes. Awesome. Hannah said she worked on a Piaf pirouette. I think a Piaf pirouette is like the ultimate That's really engagement cool. um, for sure. Okay. Uh, let me see. I have one question over here from Callie. So Callie says, this is a good question. Is lack of hind end engagement a suppleness or a strength issue or both, especially when one hind leg steps under much less than the other? Those are kind of two questions. So we'll answer the first one part. Lack of hind engagement, is it a suppleness or a strength issue or both? I'm going to go either with strength or an impulsion issue, not a suppleness issue. Interesting. Why? Obviously, you can't really drive your horse forward if it's not supple, okay? <clears throat> but you have to be able to put your leg on it. All right. And the and I'm hesitant to say suppleness because like 90% of that suppleness issue is an impulsion problem. We're all acutely aware of what happens in our hands because we use our hands all the time. Right? The only time we're really really thinking about seat and legs is when we're on the horse. Right? And so because the horse's head's in front of us and we all stare at the horse's head and we feel it in our hands. The tendency across the board is to not think about the hind legs and the impulsion. And so the neck gets stiff and then we are suppling and lifting. And what was I doing today when you were helping me? Moving my hands around, right? Not keeping the head steady. Did that, did that we not just go through that an hour ago? Yes, just riding the neck instead of it's, behind it. Didn't I just do that an hour ago? I think we all, we all do that And sometimes. so that's why I would not... I mean, as a general rule, I'm going to say it's an impulsion thing because we're all a little bit like, there's the horse's head, these are my hands, and that's what I'm focusing on. Yeah. Because the legs are behind us and we don't see them. I agree. But I also, when when you think about the training scale, like you have to have suppleness before you can work on engagement. So it's always important in the warm-up that you get your horse supple. Suppleness is that physical and mental relaxation. So stretching, serpentines. Um, you know, really making sure that they're relaxed and that you've stretched them. Just like before you go do a, a big workout, you're supposed to stretch your muscles. So you do have to have suppleness in order to have true engagement. Although I agree with Herman that a lot of times 
like say you've done your warm up and your your horse is supple and then you start trying to work on engagement a lot of times what falls apart is impulsion yeah and and you don't have the power like remember how we said engagement is like a compressed spring and and that that means that there's stored energy and so you have to have impulsion is that stored energy it's the desire to go forward you have to have the desire to go forward to have true engagement in your horse so that's why yeah melrose agrees with you she says we don't think about the hind end because it's behind us yes yes we we think Melrose is very smart over here. Oh, she <laughs> says she uses walk pirouettes, leg yield, shoulder in, travers to supple. I also do lots of transitions. Any other ideas? I don't know if she's talking about the, like suppleness. The yeah, stretch, those are all... yeah, the stretch is a great suppleness exercise. The walk is a really important suppleness exercise. And I do serpentines in my warm up. Yeah. I do serpentines. I think serpentines are the circles. Are great. Circles are good. Yeah. All of the above. Um, so. But I love serpentines in my warm up. I do them at the walk, then I do them at the trot. Yeah. And then, you know, just the flat serpentine in the canner. Yeah. Bending, anything bending line is going to help get your horse supple. But what's, you know, what's kind of interesting about dressage is that it's, it's all like a progression and everything layers upon one another. And that's why the training scale is always really important to have the training scale in the back of your mind. The training scale is what guides your training. It should guide every ride. So you always start at the bottom of the training scale and work your way up to the top. And the base of the training scale is rhythm and suppleness. So you really want to achieve rhythm, suppleness, and then connection like that's your warm up. You have to have that before you start working on impulsion, straightness, and collection. That's the top of the training scale. And engagement really is in collection. Yeah. Like you have to have engagement in order to have collection. And then on that note, right, the, the engagement a second level horse has isn't the same that a pre-St. George level horse has. I mean, it's... Right. Just like collection is different. Right. You know, and, and it's a spectrum. Like, I think that's, everyone wants these clear, like, this is collected trot. But right. it's a it's, spectrum and it changes. Yeah. You know, collected trot at second level is slightly different than collected. It's a lot different than collected trot at Grand Prix. Um, so anyways, lots of great questions. Um, let me see. Karen has a question. What's the difference between on the bit or inside leg? to outside rein, isn't that also engaging the hind end? Oh, that's a good question. So what's the difference between on the bit and engaging the hind end? The round part. Right, your horse can be on the bit and not engaged. Yeah, because if you're in a nice level balance going around doing your first level test, the yes. horse is on the bit. Yes. It's in front of your leg, it's to the contact, but it's not engaged yet. Yeah. It hasn't shifted its weight. It doesn't have the carrying power. Yeah. So on on the bit is like what you, you know, with a young horse, you're just teaching them to accept the bit, teaching them to steer a little bit. And then engagement comes a little bit later. Um, and then how does inside leg to outside rein relate to engagement? Well, as the horse gets more trained, then you can use that to bring the inside hind leg farther up and under. 
And I think inside leg to outside rein is the first place where you start to create engagement in the inside hind leg a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Right. Like not a huge amount, but a little bit. So, you know, every time that you make a little a little circle, you're working on engaging the inside hind leg right, a little you, bit. You narrow their base of support. Yeah. The legs have to come together onto the line. And of course, again, it's a spectrum, you know, you start with like baby steps and little transitions. And then as your horse gets stronger and stronger, they're able to engage more. And dressage horses, they're kind of like bodybuilders and gymnasts. I mean, it's amazing Combined, how because of the strength and the suppleness they need. Yeah. And it's amazing how physically they change with correct training. It's it's really cool. So Anyways, let us know in the chat if you liked our talk about engagement. If you learned anything, please come to the Pirouette webinar, RSVP if you haven't yet. The link should be above or below. Invite your friends. Um, other important announcements, we are doing a ride a test for people in strides. It's like already filled up on the first day. So we may have to do another one a few months from we now. We may have to do a few more. Herman did office hour in strides this week, which was awesome. So for those of you who are in strides, you know, but if you're not in strides, we have our stride students submit videos and then we review the videos. How were your office hours this week? They were good. They were good. Now, there were some new people and then the ones that I'd seen before, um, there were some improvements. So we're very excited. Yeah. It's always just fun. like to see people get better. Yeah. And you, you, and you, you know, they're better. The horse is happier. It's just, it's just much nicer that. Yes. And we also did some really cool filming for our sitting trot challenge coming up. So that's going to be in May. I'm really excited. We're, you know, trying to find ways to keep using technology and special effects and all that stuff to help you visualize the motion in your body that you need to have help you with the sitting trot. So I'm not going to give it away, but I just showed it to Herman. Okay. That I was just going to ask. Cool. That was the one I just saw. Okay. Yeah. You guys all have to wait, but it's coming. <laughs> it is yes. pretty cool. So we have a lot of exciting new things in the pipeline to help you out with your riding. So you can enjoy your horses and ride a little better and enjoy this incredibly difficult and fun sport. That yeah, we do. and then and that's the thing, right? When you do it better, your horse is just happier. Yes. Oh, good. Stacy took notes on tonight's talk. Oh boy, <laughs> love it. We also always make these into podcasts, so you can check out Dressage with Amelia, like on your Apple Podcast, and listen to these on the go. We're working on our audio. We have microphones on, so no, no, so hopefully that worked out better. Yeah, there it is. Hopefully you can hear us better, but. Anyways, hope you have a wonderful weekend. Hope to see you on Sunday for the Pirouette webinar. Enjoy your horses, and we'll see you next time. Oh, and yeah, on. some people are commenting on Levi using the armchair as a pillow. He he has his own pillow on his other couch. So. Yes, yes, Levi is the king of the house, and I think he's tired because I took him for a a run around the block today. So, anyways, good night, everyone. Bye. Now. Bye. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions and I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, 
or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.